Thank you, Jerome. Today's scripture reading is from Joshua, the 24th chapter, verse 15. It says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Good morning, church family. It's great to see you today. If you're a, a guest with us, you're our special guest. Uh, we hope you are uh, able to worship God this morning. It's like J.D. said uh, before his prayer. We, we come together to worship God and uh, be thankful for our Savior, Jesus Christ. This scripture right here is very popular among Christians today. It's very well known in the Bible. Uh, you may very well have this scripture displayed somewhere in your house, like my parents do in their house. When you walk into my parents' house, you see this big framed picture, and it's of this old dilapidated house, and it has this scripture. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And we Christians love this verse because in Joshua's words, we can hear the passion. We can hear the faith. And we wish that our lives, that our faith, had that same passion. So it's very popular today. Joshua, he makes this particular proclamation in this sort of pep rally that he holds for the Israelites as they're getting ready to settle into the land that God promised them, Canaan. They had wandered through the desert for 40 years. They had spent some considerable time in war with the Canaanites. And now, victorious, this land of milk and honey, means it's really good land, that God uh, said that it was theirs. Well, it's theirs, and they're moving on up. Now, normally, this great quote by Joshua is all that we think about when we think about Joshua's speech here in the 24th chapter of Joshua. However, he has a lot more to say. There, this is only right in the middle of the speech. And if we ignore the rest of Joshua's speech, we really miss out on a wealth of information that God really intends for us to hear that's really important. In Joshua's speech, made more than 3,000 years ago, we have a model of grace, human free will, and judgment. These three things grace, free will, and judgment, sometimes we tend to struggle with a little bit. We kind of juggle them around and we struggle to fit them all together in proper balance. How can God be so gracious and kind yet also be this wrathful God who takes judgments? Where does human free will come into play? So, if you, if you'd like to follow along in your own Bibles, we're going to camp out here in Joshua chapter 24, we're going to talk about grace, we're going to talk about free will, and we're going to talk about judgment. And we're going to read uh, Joshua's speech here, most of it anyways. And, you know, rather than me just standing up here and reading somebody else's speech, I thought it would be neat if we had somebody special to read uh, the speech for us. And uh, so we have a very special treat for you today. 
you're going to be so glad that you got up out of bed and came to church today. Because, believe it or not, we have the real historical Joshua in the house. So Joshua, without any further ado, please come in. Joshua, my man. Good, good. Well, have a seat. Please don't be alarmed by the bright lights, these televisions. It's okay, it's normal. I'll try to explain electricity to you afterwards, okay? So, Joshua, um, real Joshua, I'm so nervous. Getting nervous. Joshua, do you, you remember, remember that time where you crossed the, the Jordan River and and God stopped the flow of the Jordan and he, and he stacked up the water on itself and you and the Israelites were able to... You guys were able to cross over on dry land. Do you, do you remember that? And you remember when you crossed over on dry land and then you came to Jericho and then you marched around Jericho seven times, right? And you marched around seven times and then you, you blew the trumpet really loudly and the walls, the walls of Jericho, they, they came crashing down. You remember that? I do remember that, John. What about it? That was awesome. Okay, okay. Get it together. So, Joshua, while we got you here, just take us back to that day when you threw this pep rally... For all the Israelites, you gathered together the leaders and the judges. And, you know, you talked about how uh, God came to Abraham and called him out of this religion where they worship false gods. And he talked about how God saved them from Egyptian uh, slavery. And then pick us up from there. Um, read verse 11 through 13 of Joshua chapter 4 of you, 24. Uh, then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you before you, and also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Okay, thank you, Joshua. Um, God did a lot of great things there um, that you talked about in the first half of your speech. You know, if you could describe God in just one word, what He uh, had done for you, what what would you what would you say? Well, John, He He came to us when He didn't have to. He delivered us out of Egypt. He fought our enemies and defeated them when we couldn't have done it on our own. And He gave us. Cities and olive groves that we didn't have to plan. I would, I would have to say grace would be a good word because Abraham would still be worshiping false gods and we wouldn't have never gotten out of Egypt and we wouldn't have the relationship we have with them today that we all share. Hmm. So grace, you would say in one word, grace would be uh, with how, how you would describe God. That's, that's really interesting. That's remarkable because, you know, Joshua, today in the 21st century, we oftentimes think that the grace of God didn't show up until the New Testament times when Jesus entered the picture. But you said 
that you experience the grace of God even in the Old Testament days. Duh. Well, Joshua, so you're saying that uh, what you would define the grace of God is is when God did something for us that we were powerless to do on our own. Yes, and he didn't have to do it either. Right. Yeah, he didn't even have to do it. That's right. Really amazing. Hey, Joshua, uh, you like baseball? Yeah, I love baseball. Oh, you do? What's uh, what's your favorite team? The Angels. Oh, Angels, of course. Right. Well, if you follow Major League Baseball at all, you probably heard about the, the tragic death of Jose Fernandez. Uh, he was a star pitcher for the Miami Marlins. It was very sad. He died in a, a boating accident. Well, his very close friend and teammate, D. Gordon, you might have seen this, uh, to honor his fallen teammates, he uh, lined up on the right-hand side of the plate. He's actually left-handed, but he took the first pitch right-handed because Jose Fernandez was right-handed, and he wore Jose Fernandez's helmet as well. So after the first pitch, he goes back onto his normal side, and bats left-handed. Finished the uh, at-bat that way. And he finished it really well, as you'll see in this video. And the pilgrimage continues. Dee Gordon comes to the plate. And Gordon looks like he's going to take this first pitch from the right-hand batter's box. My guess is as a salute to Jose Fernandez. Yes, that was Jose's helmet. So one and oh, Dean Gordon, Marcelo Zuna, Martin Prado against Bartolo Colon. Colon misses. The count is two and oh. Gordon has started to look like the D. Gordon of last year. Gordon to right. It's deep. And it's gone. D. Gordon has hit it out. And the Marlins have a one nothing lead.
Unbelievable. So I don't know if you noticed, that was the first at-bat that took place after Fernandez's death. So it was quite the tribute. And, you know, this story wouldn't be particularly special um, because major league ball players they can hit the ball. They hit home runs pretty often. However, D. Gordon is not known for his power from the plate. In fact, this was his first home run of the season, something like 155 games into the season. And in his career, D. Gordon had only hit eight home runs coming into this at-bat, 2,157 at-bats. And I know for a fact that one of those home runs was an inside-the-park home run. So, coming into this at-bat, he had only hit seven, at the most, balls over the fence in his career. If you do the math, that means that D. Gordon had a .32% chance of hitting the ball over the fence in this at-bat. .32% chance. Not a 32% chance. Not a 3.2% chance, but a .32% chance of hitting the ball over the fence. According to D himself, he said that what he experienced was the grace of God. This is what he said after the game. He said, If y'all don't believe in God, y'all might as well start. I never hit a ball that far even in batting practice. We had some help. The first half of Joshua's speech is about how God cares for us, how He intentionally involves Himself in our lives, and how He goes to bat for us and does things for us that we can't do on our own. The next part of Joshua's speech sort of puts the ball on our side of the court. After thinking about what all God has done for you, the grace of God, How will you respond? Because the thing about the grace of God is that it demands human response. So how will you respond to the grace of God? Listen to what Joshua says next in uh, verses 14 through 15. Joshua. Now fear the Lord with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Thank you, Joshua. You know, we today in the 21st century, we Christians love this verse because we can really see your passion, your deep faith uh, for the Lord. And, you know, we, we strive to be like that. Ourselves. And since I have you here, Joshua, let me just ask you to explain a little bit more about that. About, about what you're talking about here. Where does this passion come from? Well, you know, we serve an awesome God. He, he's done marvelous things with his people. And, you know, what do the Amorite gods or the Egyptian gods ever do for me? Or the gods that our forefathers worship? They only brought sin, slavery, and death. And they really made the real God jealous. It's amazing. See, the choice to worship the foreign gods was really a choice to ignore the real God, to keep the real God out of your life. 
Well, today, we have a choice to make as well. Will we choose the God who has been good for us? Who has been gracious to us? Who has gone to bat for us? Or will we leave God on the side of the road? Because, you know what? Let's be honest. At times, a life without God in it seems appealing. The Israelites show that in their behavior. I've showed that in my behavior sometimes. But when you, uh, when you decide to follow God and serve God, nobody says it's easy. But So when you do this, what you want to do is think about the future. If you think about the present, it's going to be a hard decision. When you think about your past, it's probably going to be even a harder decision. But when you make a decision of this magnitude, you think about what your future is is going to look like. Romans chapter 6, verses 20 through 23. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result... Is holy life, is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The choice that you have today is the choice of either holiness and eternal life or sin and death. And when you look at your future, say like five years down the road, ten years down the road, 50 years down the road. When you think about what you want that future to look like, I think the choice becomes pretty clear. That choosing God is the right choice. We live in a culture where we want everything right now. Instant gratification. we got to have it right now, here at our fingertips. But when it comes to a major decision like this, serving God, following Jesus, we need to think about our long-term future. What do you want your future to look like long term? Well, so far we've talked about the grace of God and human free will. Of course, we've got to talk about judgment, too. We haven't talked about judgment. So what about judgment? Well, what happens when you reject the God that's been so good for you, that's gone to bat for you? What happens is judgment. What you get when you choose to keep God out of your life is you get the consequences of a life without God. Makes sense, right? When you choose to keep God out of your life, you get the consequences of a life without God. Well, Joshua, take us through the last couple verses of your speech, verses 19 through 20 of you 24. You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will... Not forgive your rebellion and sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end to you after he has been good to you. Well, well Joshua, thanks for being here today. Uh, I love you, brother. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you while I got you here. If you just have any advice for us Christians today in the 21st century. 
Testifies by God, I think it still fits today. Be strong and courageous, and do not be afraid, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. All right. Thanks, brother. Well, one discovers what judgment looks like when the God who has been good to you, who's gone to bat for you, no longer has the ability to be good to you, to go to bat for you, because you have chosen to evict God from your life. When you just kind of snub your nose at God's grace, you know what God has done for you, you know the gospel, and you say, no thanks, no thanks, God. Have you ever noticed in the story of the prodigal son, um, the story of the prodigal son is in the New Testament, Luke chapter 15. If you're not familiar with it, um, you can read it, or you can ask me about it later. But I think a lot of us are familiar with the story of the prodigal son. Have you ever noticed in this story that God goes out to meet both sons? Not just the younger son, but also the older son. He goes out to meet both sons. If God hasn't come out to meet you yet, He will. Or maybe maybe you just haven't been paying attention. But God w- will come to you if He hasn't already. Maybe it's what brought you to church here today. If God has come to you, He will offer you the same thing that He offered both of His sons in the parable of the prodigal son. And that's grace and a place in His household. So will you choose today what God offered? Grace and a place in his household as a son or a daughter? Or will you snub your nose up at God and say, thanks but no thanks? If you're not a son or daughter of God, what you're choosing to be is a slave to something else. could be a lot of things. If you're not a son or a daughter to God, you're a slave to something else. Well, grace, free will, and judgment, they're all contained right here in Joshua chapter 24. First, this is worth noting, first comes grace. Our righteousness does not come before God's grace. God loved us while we were still sinners. He sent Jesus to die for our sins first. He's the one who took action. And he's done what we cannot do on our own. It's probably not hitting a home run in a major league ballpark, but something greater. Jesus died for our sin. Our sins are forgiven. That's something that we couldn't do on our own. He did that first. For us, it is done. It is finished. Your sins are forgiven. Now, how will you respond? You have a choice to make. Like Joshua said, now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Doesn't that just make sense? Isn't that the response you would expect from a God that's been so gracious? From a God that sent Jesus? to the earth who died for us on a cross to serve God with all faithfulness isn't that what you would expect 
The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's just what you'd expect. If you reflect on what God has done for you, if you think about this, you make this a routine in your life, if you think about this once a week, if you think about this every day, if you think about this every hour, you shouldn't have a problem remaining faithful when you keep God's grace in your mind as you go out throughout your daily life. Will your life be perfect? Will you never sin again? You will sin again more times than you would like to. Your life will not be perfect, but you will have hope that you will spend eternal life with God someday. And that's what thinking about your future means. Thinking about what your eternal life is going to be. Think about how God, God has been so good to us while we're here on earth. Imagine how good He can be to us when we're in His presence. So you have a choice to make. As for me, my household, hey, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the one who's been good to us, who's gone to bat for us. We're going to follow Jesus. So, I'm just going to leave it here for you guys. The decision is yours. Think about God's grace. God's grace demands response. What will your response be? If you haven't decided to follow Jesus, if you haven't decided to serve God, you can start today. We're going to sing an invitation song. You can come forward during that song. If you need prayers as you continue to follow Jesus, or if you would like to become a Christian and start following Jesus today, whatever your needs, we'll help you as you come forward. We stand and sing.